Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash to pieces of genre cinema. My name's Chris. And I'm Gary. And this week we are partaking in our Summer Screams series yeah. of podcast episodes. Oh, this is number hot. one. Hot, hot, hot. Um... No, it's not. Like... No, if you look out the window, it's it's not quite summer. It's British summer. It's British summer, so it it is warm, but also dull. Something to celebrate and a bit rainy. It's well done you for putting this forward for the vote. So this month we're discussing films that you guys voted for, that we put forward. We chose one each, and congratulations, Chris, for picking a summer film. Yeah, it is an actual summer film. It's it's a summer sequel. No one's shivering. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, we are talking about Boggy Creek 2, and the legend continues from 1983. Um, or 1985, depending on who you ask. Which, yeah. I'm going to say 1983, because that's what I have written down it, in front of me. Because it looks like 1973. Yeah. Um, yeah, Boggy Creek 2. I Before I put it up for the vote, I never seen Boggy Creek 2, and I'd never seen Boggy Creek. And I'd never seen the other Boggy Creek 2. Confusing. Yeah, let's get this out there right now. Despite its name, Boggy Creek 2 and The Legend Continues is the third film of the series. But Charles B. Pierce, director and producer of the first film, had no uh, affiliation with the sequel, Return to Boggy Creek, in 1977. So, he didn't like it. And he just thought, fuck it, I'm going to ignore it and create this film as the official sequel. Yeah, so Legend of Boggy Creek is a film that I was aware of. Mm. And I actually thought it had a super duper cool poster. Yeah. Um. So when the vote came out, I kind of did a search and Boggy Creek 2 had a much lower rating. And I watched the trailer. I was like, okay, this would be good for a podcast episode. Rather than the the original. Mm-hmm. And thank God I did. Because the original film was a fucking snooze fest. Yeah, we would not be able to get a full episode out of that. Oh my lord. It's like this faux documentary style. Um, but awful. It's terrible. It's like, you know, like Crime Watch. Yeah. Where they re- do the reconstructions. But imagine that. But the, the crimes are really, really boring. It's annoying because as a big found footage fan, as someone who loves mockumentaries as well, that should have been my exact type of film. Mm. And admittedly, I think it's ahead of its time. I think it went on to influence many of the films. Like when you look at The Last Broadcast, Late Mungo, Ghostwatch. There's so many films that I feel like may have taken a little something from it. That's great. That's, that's wonderful that you inspired so many great films. But fuck me. I genuinely had to fight to stay awake. Yeah. Like <laughs> You actually did. <laughs> when you're going to make a film about a little town and, you know, a town called Fuck. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Um, You know, at least make up some interesting characters. Don't fucking use all the locals. And when they're absolutely just... I mean, it's harsh, but they're just really uninterested. They're, they're really boring people. Like, they've got nothing going on. And so much of the film is dedicated to their story. And, like, oh, so one day I went down to the lake. Oh, and so on. And then, like, in the last ten minutes, Bigfoot comes out. And, 
you barely see a thing. So it's like, it's just pointless. What was going on? It's something that connects the, the two films. So Boggy Creek 2 and The Legend Continues and the original is these sort of flashback stories mm. of people going about their business and encountering um, whatever. They, they, they call it the creature. I'm just going to call it the creature. Um, and they encounter the creature. And, and that's kind of it. Yeah, but let's make one thing clear. Boggy Creek 2 is an absolute blast compared to the first film. It, the connecting part. It's not as good because it's not it's not exactly ambitious, it's not influential, it's not ahead of its time. It's just shit, but it is the best kind of shit. It is. It is. And we'll discuss it now. Yeah, it's written and directed of course by <laughs> Charles B. Pierce, who made The Legend of Boggy Creek, Bootleggers, Winterhawk, The Town That Dreaded Sundown, the other film that you could have voted for. Uh, the Winds of Autumn, Grey Eagle, Renfro's Christmas, Orkin's Breed, and more. Uh, he considers this to be his worst film. Well, he hasn't, I mean, he hasn't seen the first film then, has he? But, um, well, technically, 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 it is his worst is. film. I'm <laughs> going to go out there and say he hasn't actually made a good film from what we've seen. The you, I don't like The Town of Dreams no. Sundown. I thought it was, I thought it was just as well, it's it just was, as it weird. Wasn't it's as got that. Boring. It's got that sort of thing that the Legend of Bobby Creek's got, where it's like <clears throat> it could be a documentary sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I do prefer the Blumhouse reboot, remake, requel. I don't know what to call it, but it's it's a better film. Mm. Um, but yeah. Boggy Creek 2 is made on an unknown budget, and I don't know how much it made at the box office. I'm gonna guess not a lot. I'm assuming not a lot. The first one did really well. At the box office. Yeah. But this one, seemingly not. I'm assuming. How could it? I know. <laughs> Let's talk about who's in it. In a section we like to call, hey, I know you. We do know him because we just spoke about him. Charles B. Pierce is Dr. Brian C. Lockhart. Now, he was in most of the films he directed, as well as the Aurora Encounter and the Sound of the Sundown Blumhouse reboot. Oh, lovely. So, <clears throat> yeah. Bizarre, bizarre figure, um, some of the choices he made for himself in this film. Uh, <laughs> especially the outfits. Yeah, We have a lot true, to say yes. about the outfits. Yeah, we definitely knew it was a summer film. Yeah. <laughs> Victor Williams plays the little creature. Okay. Um, yeah. Bigfoot's son. Bigfoot's son. And daughter. Um... The, he was in The Affair, Sneaky Pete, The King of Queens, Happy Together, not that Happy Together, Flight of the Concords, The Animatrix, The Bewitched Movie, and more. Oh, lovely. I'm assuming in the... Having his face covered cost, how? Costumed. Yeah. Oh. No, I, mean, I, I there's no one in costumes in The Bewitched Movie, as far as I can remember. Oh, Flight okay. of the Concords. Oh, wow. So, you know what? Good. He had his face covered throughout this, so it didn't ruin his career. There we go. Chuck Pierce Jr., uh, plays the constantly stripping Tim Thornton. Oh, is that his son? Oh, shit. I've only just realised. yes, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's even weirder. There's a scene in this film where it looks like they're about to have sex. It does. This is so weird. Yeah. This, yeah. Ew. There is a, a weird scene. <laughs> they look like they've just had sex. <laughs> oh, wow. He literally says to him, get on the bed. Like, yeah. oh, okay. He is in Spoiler. most of his father's films and Midnight 2. And finally, Jimmy Clem plays... Midnight 2? Yeah. Right, okay. Jimmy Clem plays Old Man Crenshaw and he was in most of the director's films. So 
I mean, really, we don't really know anyone. <laughs> no, um, the the I think it's a similar story for the actress who played Louise. Louise, have I just made that up? It is Louise, isn't it? Um, we're we're no. literally just about to talk about. No, it's not Louise. It's <laughs> uh, Leslie. Leslie. There we go, Leslie. Yeah. So she was in a lot of his films, and uh, she was married to him at one point. So uh, she was in Boggy, uh, the town that dreaded sundown, Boggy Creek two, and Grey Eagle. Wow. And I think she's. I mean. One of the students, but yeah, they were <laughs> in some sort of relationship <laughs> yeah, in is. real in real life. What a fucking weird film! I'd love to see when how this was made. I'd love to see a documentary. <laughs> okay, let's let's get to it. Let's talk about our feature presentation. That's why you're building these fires around this camp, isn't it? Because it's afraid of the fire, isn't it? You finally smart enough, cousin. No. Award-winning producer Charles C. Pierce comes a motion picture that will stir your imagination. From his first classic film, The Legend of Boggy Creek, he proudly presents Boggy Creek 2, and the legend continues. Rated PG, coming to a theater near you. Yeah, so we get a lovely voiceover introducing us to uh, Arkansas wildlife and geography. Um, I don't think David Attenborough has anything to worry about. No, but he has got a weird power of sending people to sleep. It's a very soothing voice. Yeah. It reminds... What was that random... It was on Arrow Blu-ray. And it was literally oh, one of the worst God. films. Because it was meant to be some sort of backwoods um, slasher film. But it was just wildlife. Like, for the... It's so much of it was just yeah. wildlife. Like, really boring yeah, wildlife. Yeah, I don't mean... I can't remember the name of it. Uh, but it was so boring. Yeah, if anyone remembers... Us, no. Yeah. If anyone remembers, <laughs> he weren't with us. We were watching it. His, his voice is, is very much like, uh, so we're here in Arkansas. Oh, and look at all the bottoms around here. <laughs> Everyone wants to know, is it man? Is it a creature? Or is it a myth? No one knows. And so the legend continues. And as he says this, <laughs> he says it's eight foot tall. And we see the creature just taking a straw. <laughs> Next to the lake, and I don't know why it's so funny, but it is. Is it He's is definitely not eight foot tall. It's just a standard size man just going for a little walk in a costume. And, yeah. Oh my god, it's fucking hilarious. A lot of these things, and even the first film, like it would be really obscure shots where you can't see a full profile mm. of the creature. You can only see certain parts of it. But this one, he's literally just out and about, going for his daily walk, uh, getting his steps in. Yeah. And, like, the per- there's someone there filming. It's like, well, okay, you've got the evidence now. Why does this film exist? This is what <laughs> I don't... You've got the evidence. Yeah, this is... <laughs> it, it's a weird kind of, oh, what are you trying to be here? Um, it is it is kind of camp. It's so camp. It is, it is kind of camp. It's so camp. And this whole film is these people bothering this poor fucking creature... This, I mean, let's face it, it's supposed to be Bigfoot. They're, they're just bothering Bigfoot the whole film. And the whole time, 
He couldn't give a shit. Like, he's not interested in them. No, and spoiler, spoiler alert, that's the whole point of that's the, the film. That's the whole point of the film. The whole point of the film is leave this bitch alone. He's literally like, you're obsessed with me and I love it. Like, I, I don't, I, you know, I'm not taking any callers today. <laughs> leave me alone. That's all. That's all big creature Harry and the Hendersons Harry wants. Henderson. Whatever the fuck. This thing. I hate that it's called the creature because I feel like it needs a it name. It is Bigfoot. It's Bigfoot. It's, it's, it's yeah, but we need to we need to give Bigfoot. it a name. So we then see the a deer killed rather graphically yeah. by the creature in the river, leaving its head bobbing in the river. And the creature drags its body away. Yeah. Before we get that though, we get the first of what is many, many and I mean many, pointless scenes in this film. So a hunter spots the creature and runs away as the narrator's like, oh, is it man? Is it myth? No one knows. And so the legend continues. But like, okay, so he saw the creature. Is he going to tell anyone about it? No. The people we learn from in this film where we get their tales, just fucking randomers. This guy literally spotted him face value. He's right there. And he just runs away. Yeah. I don't know, people not believing, I don't know. Well, this is never brought up again. Honestly, so it is, is a pointless It's a scene. miracle they believe the other stories they're given. Yeah, it is. It is but a, yeah, the yeah deer, the this deer's, one's never brought up again. The deer's murdered. Um, really took me by surprise when we had watched this back to back with the original where like, nothing like this happens. It's jarring because I think this is a PG... Yeah, as well as it was a PG. Yeah, I'm sure it's a PG. But this, I hope it wasn't a real deer mm. um, that was used. I, I don't think it was a real deer killed on screen. Um, but it's like blood coming out of its yeah. mouth. And it's like decapitated. And I'm assuming he drags the deer away for food. But then it's left on the side of the road later on in the film. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like not touched. So it's like, what's the point? But then the whole film was about how... The creature isn't aggressive. <laughs> it's true. But it's just killed this deer for no reason. If it was killing it for food, you would understand. Uh-huh. Rather graphically. Um, but yeah, makes no sense. Yeah. Dr. Brian Luckhart uh, is a professor of anthropology at the University of Arkansas. And his receptionist, oh, Tim. That's how you say it. That's how, that's how it sounded in the film. It's Arkansas. Well, I'm saying I had to say it in the film. You know, do you not know that meme? Uh, uh, Kansas. Uh, Kansas. Oh, yeah. Well, this why, is, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is how they say it in the film. They kind of, they do say Arkansas. Yeah. Like, kind of weird. But as far as I'm concerned, it's... Um, Arkansas, yeah. Arkansas. His receptionist, Tim. Tim the Twink. Um, who... Constantly wants to get his kit off throughout the film. First, he's he's fully dressed. That's the only time you'll see him, uh, where where all of his skin's covered up. Um, he receives a call from a sheriff while Brian is at a football game. Tim goes and tells him all about it, and then he starts telling other people who whisper it to other people. Yeah, so so they were at a football game, very very busy football game, American football game, and. Um... Lockhart recruits the help of his students, Tim, who was giving him the message, Tanya, and uh, Tanya's friend, Leslie. So he, Tim tells him at this football game. He tells 
Tanya, who then tells <laughs> Leslie. And this is all set up during the football game, and it's so loud that we cannot hear what they're saying. Yeah. So it's just this incredibly awkward encounter. And, like, really, like, okay, we don't know what they're saying, so why do we have to see this at a football <laughs> game? And how is this so important, despite all the many stories based around the creature that he's heard, that Tim just had to tell him yeah. during this football game, and they had to all piss off during this football game and leave to go see the creature. Yeah, because, spoiler alert, when we get to see the flashback to what happened, it's probably one of the least interesting stories we get for us. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, it's true. And then they... They start getting their shit together in Lockhart's office for them to go and find the creature. Lockhart questions Leslie's choice of a white pantsuit for the wilderness. <laughs> um, Tim has is starting to disrobe <laughs> and has his shirt undone, completely undone, whilst he's in the professor's office. It makes no sense. But no one seems to care about that. Wait, I know his dad directed it. Why did he tell him to have his kit off so much? Yeah. It's so weird. So the white pantsuit is a no-no, which which is understandable if you're going into the wilderness. Yeah. Probably not the best choice. You're going to ruin it. But the going around the professor's office with, you know, your chest hanging out. <laughs> well, just practically topless. Yeah. This guy, Tim, is okay. Come on, double standards. And this film... Is this is the first point, and I'm going to keep bringing it up. You better believe I'm going to talk about it. The the treatment of women in this film oh, yeah. is ridiculous. It's very surprising she decided to marry him. After. But it's not. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not giving misogynistic violence or anything like no. that that horror films are accused of. Um, it's just giving stereotypes, and just yeah. the women are made to look really stupid. And this Leslie, she she really gets she does she the gets, brunt of she it does. because she's oh, women like wearing. the whole thing like she decides to go along of her own free will. Yeah, she does. Oh now, yeah. oh don't make me do that. Oh, oh my no. god, do you know what energy she's given? Veronica Cartwright, an alien, a, a little bit. Um, oh, what's her name? Um, Temple of Doom. Oh god, yeah, she's given yeah, Temple of Doom. That's true, but she decided to. Go. She wasn't yeah. caught up in it, um, but yeah, it's yeah. I I will keep bringing the point back up during the episode, so don't worry, guys. Yeah, the the group heads for an area near Boggy Creek, close to the town of Fuck. Fuck. It's spelled F O U K E. And honestly, that was the most entertaining part of the first film. Is the narrator constantly going, and here in Fuck, the Fuck Boys, Fuck their Fuck, like constantly. Like it, there's no way it doesn't sound like Fuck. Tim now has no shirt. It's completely gone. He is completely... His shirt is completely gone. There's no need for him to have no shirt. <laughs> no, they're just driving. Um, we get a very boring voiceover telling us what is going on as, as they drive. But, oh, there's been a sighting. And, whoa, 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 Tim bo decided to leave his shirt at home today because <laughs> he was really feeling his oats. <laughs> they, stop <laughs> they stop at a local shop for supplies, including bullets. Oh! <gasps> And yeah. the uh, the cashier and a couple of good old country boys tell Lockhart and Co that they're on a wild goose chase. 
pointless. Is, but the guy who works there is like, well, I might show up dressed as a monkey in the middle of the night. <laughs> Not every American person <laughs> sounds like Mae West. <laughs> and Brian's like, oh yeah? Well, I have a gun and any monkey that shows up, I'm going to shoot it. <laughs> well, he like, oh my God. But he says, well, I'm very scared. And I might be so scared that if I see a, even a monkey suit, I might shoot. And it's... But the whole point of the film is to leave the creature alone. So why is he so like, I'm going to shoot? Uh, Lockhart sets about investigating the recent sighting that he heard uh, via Tim. So while relating... Oh, he does this while relating to the group tales that he's heard of centred around the creature. And this is presented in flashback form. So this happens throughout the film. So this is kind of a reference to the original. This is where the crime watch or um, unsolved mysteries come in. So we know that they're flashbacks because we get a very intense Drag Race season one Vaseline (laughs) filter for these moments. We get our first tale and it's about a local rancher who, while having lunch, mysteriously lost his herd of cattle and then saw the creature leave the scene. That's it. That, the creature that is it. literally just looks gormless. He doesn't try and attack him. No. He just walks around, mind his own business. Like, what What are you doing? He's, Come on. He's just, Leave him alone. He's in this barn, and the creature's there. And he says, are you trying to seduce me? <laughs> and um, then he pisses off. Like, the creature has much longer hair, despite this being a flashback. So, uh, I don't know, did he get a haircut? <laughs> did he get, you know? His kid cut his hair. His kid. Like, why is the hair shorter after he's oh yeah, B- between the first film, well, between this film and the first film, the creature got laid, and got a kid. But that's yeah, that they will bring, shag, we'll bring right? that up later. Where did yeah. the kid come from? We'll, we'll go into that later on. <laughs> it's trust and believe because that's a confusing one. Um, we literally just see the creature yeah. at the barn. They go about their day. They go to the barn. They tell yeah. us a story. They go about their day. Another pointless scene. Yeah. Uh, Leslie starts complaining about being warm in her clothes because she doesn't have the privilege of being constantly shirtless like Tim. They then find a headless deer in the middle of the road, which I'm assuming is meant to be the headless deer from before, which brings up the question of, well, why did the creature kill the deer if he's not going to eat it? Yeah. Like, I mean, Brian's like, oh, yeah, this is, this is definitely the fucking creature who did this. And Tim, still shirtless, is like, well, let me maybe a car or truck hit it. And it's like, okay, then you're going out there to investigate Bigfoot. You know, you can believe in it. It's mm. it's fine. That's the whole reason you're there. Yeah. Uh, directly referenced in Get Out. Dash. Like, isn't that Jordan Peele said? No. He said, I watched Boggy Creek 2, The Legend No, he didn't. Shut up. Thought, you know, I really just wanted to pay homage to that scene. Of course not. Uh, They set up camp in the woods with a pop-up camper trailer and secure their perimeter with a sonar system. Really cool, really modern sonar system that only men can understand. Only men can understand. Women can't can't understand. We get a really bizarre scene after this. A bizarre series of events that will continue to to the end of the film. Well, yes. Brian changes into some short shorts. Ooh. Yes, director of the film chose this outfit for himself. Nice. He changed into these short shorts, 
and he's having a perv on Leslie, getting changed. Yes. Um, whilst Tim now has a shirt on, also has short shorts, and I swear his board should have had an extra credit in the cast. There are many <laughs> moments in this film where I felt either Lockhart's or Tim's testicles <laughs> were going to fall out of their shorts. I know it's the 80s. I, I get it. You well, know? He's the drawing a very... Se- no, not just yet. But he's a very accurate picture of the creature. I mean, <sighs> very accurate. Considering he's never seen this creature, it looks exactly like it. He's done a fantastic job. Well... <laughs> The funniest part for me is just the head and shoulders. Yeah. Just... So it's like an e-fit. <laughs> this is like a weird episode of Crime Watch or uh, Unsolved Mysteries. And Tanya, who's now also in short shorts, she's like, oh, I think it looks sexy. Because <laughs> it's a women are good for. <laughs> um, yeah, very strange, the moment where Lockhart's watching Leslie put on... Yeah, because this never comes back. Like shorts. So never it's comes just. Back. But in the context of the film, regardless of what happened off screen, yeah, this is a professor watching his student uh-huh. get dressed. Yeah, and he has a kind of like mm, moment. <laughs> like it, I, I wish he had done it directly at the camera because it probably would have won the That's Camp Award. <laughs> uh, but this is pervy old man. And, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Okay, because not everyone in America sounds like Mae West. Ah, he, he, he did at that moment. The group travel to a rundown house, and all of a sudden, a dog comes running towards them, and Tim's like, Mad dog! <laughs> and they're chased by it, and it's foaming at the mouth. So they run into the house, and Brian starts shooting at the dog. And Leslie's like, What have we gotten ourselves into? Yeah. <laughs> well, look how he runs out of bullets. And is trapped in the corner until Tim gets a shotgun. Didn't even realise they had a shotgun. And shoots the dog. Yeah. The dog is the most aggressive thing in this film. Like, yeah. not Bigfoot. Yeah. Not Bigfoot's kid. Like, they, the dog is probably what they should have went out there to investigate. Yeah. And it was very deceiving in the trailer. Yeah. Like, when you watch the trailer, it's made to look like the creature is aggressive. But yeah, and it makes it look like the creature bites the dog. And that's why the dog's got rabies. Yeah. But there's nothing in the sort. There's no explanation there as to why no... this dog is foaming at the mouth. And it's completely against the the, the what the film's about, which yeah. is leave the creature alone. Now, this dog has rabies. I understand. Um, Tim asks, is he dead? And Lockhart says to the effect of, he isn't now, but he soon will be. Well, Lovely. you missed out the part where Tim, um, Tim shoots it. No, I didn't. He did. Yeah, I said they got in the house and Leslie was like, what have we got ourselves into? I said Tim gets a shotgun and shoots the dog. No, he didn't. We went on tangent. Why did he have a shotgun? (laughs) I I literally asked that question. Rewind, everyone. Rewind. I literally asked the question. But either way, he shoots the dog. Why did he have a shotgun? Where did he get the shotgun from? Either way, he shoots the dog. And (laughs) no matter how pointless a scene is, because yes, it is another pointless scene, seeing four grown adults running around in short shorts whilst a dog chases them, High camp. It's the eighties. It's how I imagine the eighties were. Now I was I was born in the eighties, but not enough to remember. Born in a pair of short shorts. I was. <laughs> uh, we called them nappies. But, um, but yeah, the uh, I'm assuming this was just what the eighties were like. Just rabid dogs from nowhere would attack you in the woods. Yeah, like absolutely no other creatures whatsoever they come <laughs> across. 
apart from a rabid dog. They don't. They only. They only see a dead deer. Uh huh. There's no other animals, is there? No. Oh, that's a real shame. Maybe not going rabbit or something. Well, whilst we see the creature and its uh, smaller companion, its kid, go for a leisurely stroll, Brian gives us another bit of narration where he talks about how the creature was shy, nocturnal, and has never actually harmed anyone. How the fuck do you know this? Yeah. Every time you've seen the creature in this film, it's been daylight, so it's not nocturnal no. at all. And also, if you think the creature's genuinely not harming anyone, why have you travelled all this way? Leave it alone. Yeah. yeah. I love how this this moment is um, he's pretending to sort through papers. <laughs> he's doing that thing where he's got like a pen in his hand and he's sorting through papers. Like, bitch, I ain't seen you write a single fucking thing down <laughs> this whole time. And then we get to see, so the, this creature has a child, seemingly. <laughs> you know, another single parent left to fend for themselves without the proper support that they need. Just left in the wild, this single parent. Who did this creature impregnate? A, yeah. Please, answer where me is that. She? Where is she? Where is she? Runaway well, mother. We're assuming it's, they refer to the creature as male. Yeah. So... That's, you know, we're saying he because the film says he. Um, there's no evidence to suggest. I'm not even sure if there's evidence from their part to suggest. Because they've never seen it up close. No, they deleted the story where uh, they caught him having a wank. Where is uh, the, the uh, is it with the... Where uh, is it a glory the hole? Cats <laughs> the cat's The cat's bum hole cut. They, they cut the scene where it was in a glory hole. And, uh, <laughs> again, wasn't bothering anyone, but... Um, yeah. So, what a mystery. That's the biggest mystery of this film, is where this kid came from. Yeah, exactly. I mean, is it a case of the Phantom Menace, where just gave birth? <laughs> is it a case with social services? It just, <laughs> just, just, just gave birth. There was no father, no you know ejaculation involved. It just happened. I'm I'm confi- I want to know. I mean, yeah. I'm invested. Maybe the legacy of Boggy Creek explains this. Have you ever seen the Beast? Well, this is a uh, sequel to that. It's not a horse. That wasn't a horse. The Beast. It's more of a werewolf. Actually, oh well, to be no. Sorry. I was just distracted by all the horse sex in that film. Brian tells another story. This time about a local man who encountered the creature whilst repairing a flat tire on his vehicle. The man was rendered unconscious in the encounter and never came out of it in order to relate his story to the others. How does Brian know about this story? <laughs> How do you know about this? Are you making this shit up on the spot? <laughs> yeah, it's very true. The highlight of this flashback is when the guy says, Oh God, Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> but he sounded like Screech from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> that was a terrible American accent, I apologise. Um, but yeah. The... <laughs> but he says it about his tyre. Yeah. Rather than about the creature when he attacks uh-huh. him. Um, they kind of... They don't explain how he knows, despite the guy being unconscious and never waking up again. But he kind of alludes to knowing because he says, oh, he still had $80 in his wallet. So he wasn't robbed and his car wasn't damaged. So therefore it must have been the creature. 
Yeah, makes sense. Because <laughs> anyone else would have damaged his car and robbed his what you know? I mean, could have been his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, or could have been a, an enemy who's like, ah, if I kill him in the woods, they'll blame it on <laughs> that Bigfoot creature. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Lockhart explains the sonar system to Leslie, and yes, it's as boring as you would expect. <laughs> he has to nonchalantly guess Tim and Tanya's weight as part of the process as well, which I think is a little inappropriate for a <laughs> professor. He's like, oh, well, Tim must be about 110, and Tanya like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you do not guess a lady's weight. Uh, unsurprisingly, something extremely large sets off the sonar heading towards Tanya. So the idea is that the sonar gets set off if something weighs more than whatever he set it at. Mm-hmm. So the creature he assumes weighs more than 400 pounds and therefore... <laughs> Which is like... <laughs> what's that in stone? I think, yeah. Fucking massive. The the guy in the suit does not look no. four hundred pounds. But anyway, anything over the four hundred pound mark will set it off, and they'll know it's the creature because nothing else would weigh that no. much. So, Tanya and Tim are on the old walkie talkies, and Leslie gets on the walkie talkie. Run, girl, run! <laughs> <laughs> Brian goes to find and save her. He's like, I smell ya. Yeah, better say something. What the fuck is he going to say? say? There's no evidence to say this creature talks. What are you talking about? I love you, right? And then the creature disappears on the system. It's like, oh, what a stupid fucking moron. But he's... But Lockhart always has a gun in these moments as well. Um, We then get the, pretty much the same thing again, kind of. Yeah. Because in the middle of the night, another large visitor on the sonar appears... And it goes off. And uh, Lockhart's like, oh, he's circling the camp. He's watching us. I don't believe it. <laughs> and he's like, he's going up now. He's going south. He's going left. He's put his left leg in. He's put his <laughs> left leg out. He's doing a hokey cokey. And he's turning around. The, the creature cuts the power. <laughs> Seemingly. He does, yeah. No Come reason. on, Jason does it. Tim and Brian go outside to get the power up and running when they spot the creature just staring at them from inside a bush like, whoa. Ah, you love. You're right. They're just looking so fucking stupid. you need some help with your power? But he's just watching them and Brian shoots it with a tranquilizer and the creature just pulls it out of his chest and goes about his day. Does. And we just move on and then yeah. fucking Brian's like, the dark gun was a mistake. He just reached and pulled it out. Yeah, he did. <laughs> that play move. Oh, that's how they know it's a male. He just reached and pulled it out. Um, it reminds Brian of another story. It does. And in a, a fucking bizarre story. A very strange series of events to cheer everyone up. <laughs> um, he decides to recount the story of a local attorney who was in an outhouse. His name is Oscar Coolpotter, by the way. That was a... T- by the creature and seemingly he soiled his pants in the encounter um he <laughs> he begins the, this, this attorney why he would include this part in the story I don't know um he, this must be how he recounted the story to Lockhart he was searching his house for the Sears catalogue so that he can wipe his ass with it <laughs> 
Now, I'm assuming the Sears catalogue is like the Argos catalogue. Yeah, we've all been there with the Argos catalogue. Have we? (laughs) Sat on the toilet. So then he he sits on the toilet and he's just looking at the ladies' bras, essentially. He is, yes. Section. Um, So I wasn't sure if he was going for a a shank. Um, (laughs) Don't Google that. Uh, or, I don't know why it was just the brassing. You know, very, yeah, very, it's immature, very strange humor. Um, and then, yeah, he thinks it's his wife, the creature, but it's not. And then I don't really understand what went on. I hope you can help, Gary. <laughs> Did he shit his pants? He shut his pants. He stood up. He pulled his trousers up after he heard the creature, and then he shat himself. Uh, oh, okay. Imagine being that close to the toilet, then shit yourself. But so then she has to hose him off. She has to hose him off. Cause... But he's wearing trousers when she's hosing him off. Yeah, which makes so no I, sense. I thought the creature had shat on him. No, he shut himself. I don't know why she's hosing the, the trousers whilst they got him up. Um, but <laughs> we go back to the guy and they're like, oh, they're having a great laugh about it. And story. It's, but then they're like, and it's like <laughs> Oscar definitely had a drinking problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure how valid this story was because he did have a drinking problem. Oh, but they're all no. laughing about his alcoholism. Like what the fuck. Especially, would be more likely to shit himself if he had a drinking problem. Well, the local sheriff with his uh, meaty moustache—he looks like he's still in the seventies. Great moustache. Uh, tells Brian the story of when he encountered the creature behind his home following a fishing trip. The creature attacked him seemingly. I mean, it looked like he was just trying to give him a hug. Um, it, yeah, and its child ran off with the sheriff's catch. Uh, and this is the story. This is the big story that Lockhart has come to investigate. Okay, hang on. You've got a story about a guy literally shitting himself, and you've come here to investigate this one because the sheriff. Wow. It's the sh- because it's the sheriff, it makes it more valid. He t- he's like, and oh, I got all these stitches from it, and Brian's like, <laughs> sorry, I don't mean to laugh. Why are you laughing? He got stitches. <laughs> Great story, Mark. Just yeah. laughs in his face. Um, yeah. So apparently, he just wanted the fish. I thought he ate deer, so I don't. I still don't understand why the deer was killed. <laughs> okay, he's got a bit of a variety in his diet. Leave well, him okay. The sheriff directs Lockhart to speak with Old Man Crenshaw, who lives in a shack along the riverbank. Back at the camp, Lockhart judges Leslie for wanting to wear a bit of blush. Mm-hmm. Did you catch that? Yeah. And, and there's so many moments where it's like, oh, women. Yeah. You know what? Because she wants to wear a little bit of blush while she's out and about. You know? she Leave her alone, dickhead. Lockhart and Tim go investigate the area. And he refuses to leave a gun with the girls because they wouldn't know how to use it anyway. Leslie and Tanya then decide that the whole thing is just too scary for them and fuck off in the jeep. They get lost (laughs) on the way. Uh, Yeah, and they get stuck in the mud. They get stuck in the mud. Uh, They're stuck in the mud. Why do they get stuck in the mud? Because they're women and they're stuck in the mud for about fucking 10,000 hours. It's a lot. The creature shows up eventually, which sends them running. The creature's just like, oh my God. How long are you going to be here? How long do, until I have to come out and exactly. scare you and move you along your day? Like, come on. And we've got the Sears catalogue. Amazing, amazing dialogue from Tim, who, they're back at the camp, um, and now it, it looks like they're post-sex. It, it looks it's like... awkward. Brian's shirt's undone, yeah. Tim's shirt's off, yeah. and he's like, I feel something's bad wrong. Bad wrong. Mm. You feel something's bad wrong. And the women are the thick ones in the film. 
It's giving um, sugardaddy.com. It is. And they finally decide their concern many hours later. And for some reason, Brian's like, get on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> he says, get on the like, bed. What? Um, the ladies arrive back at the camp. Yeah. So this whole, this it goes on quite a while, this scene, where Tanya and Leslie are stuck in the mud. So it's established that they're stuck in the mud because Tanya, as a woman, doesn't know how to use the four-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. They bitch, they moan, they bicker because they're women. Yeah? Yeah. And uh, Tim, as, as Gary said, back at the, the camp, he suggests that they've gone to get some fancy food. <sighs> they fi- The girls finally read the manual for the Jeep. Uh-huh. <laughs> because apparently there's a manual in there. And uh, women don't know how to use cars, so they need a manual. And then they go back. But what annoyed me was when the ladies return, they um they act like children about to be told off, <laughs> rather than capable college students. It really pissed me off this scene because they they kind of I don't I don't really know how to describe it. It, it literally like yeah toddlers uh, who have just. You know, ruined the um, kitchen. Yeah. You know, oh, just sorry, messed Daddy. up the kitchen. You know, not like actual capable college students who were invited on this trip. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's only the women that are treated like, you know, Tim's treated like a capable student and a right hand man to Lockhart, but the women are the issue. Mm-hmm. They tell Lockhart that they saw the creature, but Leslie suggests <sighs> that he won't believe them. <laughs> despite Lockhart having seen the creature himself earlier and firmly being in the, this creature definitely yeah. exists. The whole camp. purpose why they're there. <laughs> and then, and then we get voiceover again with, with Lockhart saying, I did believe them. I just wanted to punish them for what they put me and Tim through <laughs> over the last six hours. <laughs> they're the ones stuck in mud, dickhead. You couldn't be asked to go and find them because you thought they were going off getting some fucking caviar. But again, it's gone nowhere. I've never seen it goes absolutely nowhere. It's only now that we actually move the plot forward. Yes, uh, where he he leases a boat and takes off to meet with Crenshaw. And when he's on the boat, he's like, "These river bottoms are truly a sight to behold." Tim's like, "Thank you." <laughs> All the cool kids are hanging out by the river, and Leslie says, we should have brought our swimsuits so we could have stayed here instead of going on this safari trip. <laughs> I thought she was a student. I thought she'd be interested. No, Leslie's Tanya's friend. Yeah, but I thought they were students together. Why would, would she... Tanya invite her? I don't know why she's invited. She's invited because the director's shagging her. That's why. Lockhart I mean... pretty much tells her she has to join them. Which makes absolutely no sense, as she's not contributed anything yeah. thus far. Yeah, she's not a student. She's her home. She's a student, but she's not a student in their field. Like she's not. That she's not Is taking. That she's not taking the Bigfoot course. Like she's literally just Tanya's friend. A really cool young man circles their boat on a jet ski, but then gets knocked off by an unseen force <laughs> under the water. And then yes, the the river bombs truly a sight to behold. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, now we're introduced to Cranshaw. He's a sexagenarian man. Ooh. Fitting the stereotypical... Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. There's river bombs. <laughs> fitting the stereotypical notion of a hillbilly or mountain man. Living yes. alone on his property. What is that slasher film where the villain looks very much like Madman. 
It's not Mad it's Man. Mad. He looks exactly like Madman Mars. He, he looks like Madman Mars, but it's Slaughterhouse. Slaughterhouse. Yeah. Um, and like Hillbilly Jim. Um, very stereotypical. <laughs> yeah. Just okay. It, it's hard. I mean, that's kind of because of films like this, and it, definitely not the only one. But because of films like this and the Amanda Show, <laughs> we in the UK we get a kind of idea of the the country men. Yeah, you know, and it is pretty much this. Yeah, as well. So I'm assuming <laughs> it's a, a stereotype. Hopefully, uh, uh, <laughs> Crappy Lake can help. <laughs> With those stereotypes, yeah, not quite. <laughs> uh, while somewhat welcoming to Lockhart and his uh, and his group, he seems unwilling to talk about the creature too much. What's the first thing that Tim does the moment they get to this? Character? He takes his fucking shirt. <laughs> he off. Takes his shirt. Off. <laughs> so this will get his attention. Lockhart <laughs> says, uh, "We're from the university and we're studying man." <laughs> And then yeah, Tim's Cren- like, I'm the man. I'm the man. Crenshaw is wearing denim dungarees with nothing underneath and one strap off and the other tied together. <laughs> Very like seductive. It's, like it's broken. And he's also, of course, covered in dry mud for some reason. <laughs> um, yeah, he also doesn't want to tell him why he's maintaining a series of bonfires on his land. Yeah, he is welcoming to the ladies though, isn't yeah. he? he? He's definitely a sexagenarian. He gives Tanya some food, which makes her sick, despite us not knowing what she ate. No. So I'm not sure if this was for comic relief or not. Like, if, if it had been like, oh, have some of this food. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like the lowest of comedy. But if if he'd sort of handed her some food and said, oh, yeah, it's deer testicles. And she's like, oh, not deer yeah. testicles. Yeah. That would make more sense, but she just kind of throws up. She does. <laughs> That's like, okay. <laughs> like, why did you throw up? <laughs> like, what is the reason for this? <laughs> well, a severe storm closes in and makes heading back down the river dangerous, forcing Lockhart and the students to have to stay the night in Crenshaw's cabin. Oh, no. Girl, you're in danger. <laughs> Believing Lockhart to be a medical doctor, Crenshaw enlists his help in tending to an animal he has caught. To Lockhart's amazement, it is the adolescent creature. <laughs> Hooray! Some plot. Oh my god! So, something's moving forward. Yeah, Brian determines that the adult creature has been more hostile in the area recently due to the capture of its child, who is now near death. Oh no! Brian commandeers Crenshaw's gun and ammo, and returns to returns the adolescent creature to the adult when it attacks the cabin in the night, knocking down the front door. Well, of course it is, because now it's like, okay, look, I have literally left you all alone this entire time. Please, just give him up my fucking child and mind your own business. Yeah. Yeah. So Lockhart determines that the fires are to keep the adult creature away, <clears throat> but it's not clear as to why Crenshaw wants to keep the creature. Yeah. Like, especially if it's going to die. It's like, well, what's what's the point here? Um, Lockhart just say, I saw it. I saw the little creature. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. I saw the little creature. Uh, Leslie refuses to see the little creature, of course. And uh, Jim has now decided, with everything going on, yeah, with everything, Jim is asked to hold the gun as to stop Crenshaw from shooting the creature. Jim? Jim. What's, did I say Jim? Yeah. 
Oh, what's it? Tim. 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 <laughs> oh my god! In my notes, halfway through, I've called started calling him Jim. <laughs> anyway, Tim. <laughs> Very professional in this podcast. Uh, Tim is asked to hold the gun as to stop Crenshaw from shooting the creature. And still, despite the storm, the intense emotions and the seriousness of the situation, he refuses to put his shirt on. Instead, dra- <laughs> draping it on one shoulder. <laughs> It's the fact it's right there the whole time. Just put it on. Yeah, it's on his shoulder. This is very intense. Put your t-shirt on. This is a very serious situation, and there's a storm on outside. It can't be that warm. <laughs> Everyone else is fine. Yeah. Why are you so warm all the time? <laughs> yes, eventually, with its young in its arms, the creature leaves the cabin without further incident. Ah, oh, I love a happy end. The following morning, Crenshaw agrees with Brian's assessment that the creature should just be left alone. And Brian decides not to tell others about his experience while in the Boggy Creek area and returns down the river with his students, rendering the entire film completely pointless. pointless. But we don't end there. We end with a nice little monologue, which I believe you have. We do. Um, So the voiceover from Lockhart saying... Looks like I'm going to fall into the same category as other people have done in this area for years and years. I just felt for some special reason that what I know and what I saw, I wanted to keep to myself. It wasn't really a matter of whether anyone would believe me or not. It was a matter of keeping him in mystery, because this is where he belongs. (laughs) It's like what the old gentleman in the store said to me. The beginning of the fucking film, if only you'd listen, (laughs) dickhead. Boy, there ain't no monsters round here. And you know something? They were right. He's a part of nature, living in harmony in one of America's last great wildernesses. That's why this legend will continue as God intended it that way. And then we see high camp. This is actually really camp. Father and child (laughs) go walking through the wilderness as the credits roll. So the child didn't die. The child was near no. death and then just recovered yeah, as soon as he recovered. left fucking Crenshaw's apartment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what... So is the creature an actual doctor? <laughs> I don't care. Also, why was the cre- the little creature dying? Like, I don't I don't get it. Was he shot? Was he attacked? I mean... Starving? Judging from the stereotype, probably because of the stench in that place. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, so many questions. And yeah. then when Crenshaw's like, that thing ought to be left alone to live in the wild. It's like, why were you trying to shoot the poor bastard only last night? <laughs> like, there's no reasoning for any of it. No. Okay, the message of the film is leave nature yeah. alone. Uh-huh. Leave it alone. I get it. That's the na- uh, That's the reason for the film. But there's no reasoning for people not leaving nature alone. So Crenshaw is the big baddie in this because he has kept the little creature captive. But which is hypocritical considering they've been hunting down the exactly. entire fucking film. Exactly. Yeah. And I ain't being funny, like how are there gonna be more creatures anyway? I don't I know it's like a real in-depth question. But why if it's only the father and son, now I don't I don't know too much about the biology of the big fur, <laughs> but surely that's just the end of the line there. Uh huh. Like that's it. 
they can't have any more. There's not yeah. going to be any more big foot creatures. So it's like, okay. That's it. It's a bit sad, really, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> well, the legacy of Buggy Creek exists, so we'll have to watch that and find out. I'm sure it'll answer all the questions. I hope so. <laughs> That's uh, Buggy Creek 2, that The Legend That is Buggy continues. Creek 2, The Legend Continues. Um, it's shit. so shit. <laughs> it is. I, I absolutely love it. It, it is. is. Top-tier trash piece. It's like, so stupid. There's no reason for it to exist. It doesn't go anywhere at all. It just raises loads of questions that never get answered, and it's a fucking entertaining time. Yeah, yeah. It's got a ham-fisted message. The director and... really thought he was doing something, oh, the, which is the did. best kind of trash to piece. It, he really he, he said it after the fact that this was his worst film. Yeah. But I would bet good money that he thought that he was going to make this ecological masterpiece. But everyone's going to be crying at the end. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we should leave the creature alone. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get to the awards. Biggest queen. I have the creature. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Girl, you literally just wanted to mind your own business in the woods. <laughs> and you literally just were trying to have a nice time and these fucking morons came in and ruined it for it's you. true. I put Tanya... I suppose stretch. Yeah, um, women. The female characters in this are not treated kindly. No, they they're really not. It is a massive bugbear with the well, all of it's a massive bugbear. It's a, it's a particularly big one. It's like, mate, learn how to write female characters, dickhead. Well, it's not Christopher Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, controversial. <laughs> biggest gasp. I have the deer killing scene. Oh, yeah. Just because, like, yeah. I mean, when you've watched the first one as well, just before, and this happens, like, oh my god. For me, it was the creature's face reveal because we'd watched <laughs> it right after the first film as well. It's like, this is the moment. It's like, okay, you look stupid. The best dialogue I have run, girl, run! <laughs> I, uh, I went with uh, those river bombs, truly a sight to behold. <laughs> And that's camp. I have every single scene featuring characters in short shorts running away from or looking for the creature who has absolutely no interest in them. That is high camp. I completely agree, but I went with uh, Jim's shirt allergies. Jim! It's Tim! Tim! I, where has this come from, Jim? Doesn't even look like a Jim. No one looks like a Jim. And for ratings, I give it one hilarious story of an alcoholic who shot himself out of ten. I went with one shirt casually draped over the shoulder out of ten. Uh, masterpiece, trash to piece, trash or basic. For the first time in a while, I'm happy to say this is a trash to piece. Trash to piece. It's available on DVD and video on demand. If you go into CX, there's a good chance they've got it in stock. Um, I did purchase it on a DVD and it was paired. It was one of those... <clears throat> Amazing four films. Four films. Hollywood DVD. Hollywood DVD. Is it um, on two discs? Yeah. Double-sided discs. Double-sided discs. And the only other film I can remember on there was Ripper. A Mutant and We're Friends Like These. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can get it in any of those box sets. It's available everywhere. Like this film, I'm, it must be public domain. It's I mean, more... I think it's more available than, than the, the original. original yeah, absolutely. the original was kind of lost. You couldn't couldn't give this film away. The right. only interesting thing about the original was the story behind it being lost. And uh, then it was found... Unfortunately. With the um, British Film Institute, uh -huh. I think, had a copy. And, um, yeah, 
Charles B. Pierce was uh, had died, you know, a few years before. Uh-huh. His, his daughter had kind of tried to get The Legend of Boggy Creek back on DVD and Blu-ray and on streaming services. Yeah, thanks, her. Such a... <laughs> Um, if you enjoyed this, I recommend checking out the Blair Witch Project because you'll be shocked to find it's uh, the same sort of thing, you know, going out in the woods for a uh, a, a myth, a legend, and it's actually good. Yes, it's legends. it's actually good. Oh my yeah. god! I uh, I went with Night of the Demon because I think that's it had a very good choice. Similar energy, just like Night of the Demon. Night of the Demon was not PG. Get the flashbacks as yeah. well. Um, yeah, it's very much Night of the Demon. Yes. Um, if you are a fan of the Boggy Creek cinematic universe, then let us know on social media. With Horror Court Trash over on Facebook and Instagram, Horror Court Trash on Twitter. I'm Delight Gaz92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram, and GazCruz92 on Twitter. And Chris Barker823 on Instagram and Letterboxd. And give us a rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, like and follow on everything else. Next week, Summer Screams continues, and we're going to a, uh, a summer camp next week. One that doesn't allow clothes. <gasps> For the monster of Camp Sunshine or how I learned to stop worrying and love nature. Honestly, that could have been the name of this film. It could have been. That actually could have been the name of Buggy Creek 2 or how I learned to stop worrying and love nature. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's exactly the premise. Uh, Yeah. So we'll be back. Same time, same place next week. Bye. Bye.